Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program we produce throughout the academic year in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. In this fifth edition of season number five of the podcast, we'll hear from a couple folks in Monmouth's outstanding communication studies department. We'll hear from Chris Goebel. He will preview College Radio Day that will be celebrated on October 1 all over the world, including at Monmouth College on its very own WPFS-FM. But before we talk about College Radio Day, we're going to talk about Band Books Week. That will be September 26th through October 2. Amy Miller of Communication Studies will talk about that. Band Books Week has been around since 1982, but really it's been around as long as folks have pushed back against efforts to ban books. Monmouth College will commemorate Banned Books Week all week long on September 26th through October 2, and they have a special event scheduled on September 29. That's when Amy Miller of the Communication Studies Department will give a talk called Fanning the Flames, Censorship in Fan Fiction. Her talk, which is free and open to the public, will be held at 7 in the evening on September 29 in room 124 of Hughes Library. Amy is a 2015 graduate of the college who's returned to teach communication studies classes at her alma mater. The study of fan fiction is one of her research interests. Fan fiction has been called a kind of love letter to an established work of media such as literature, film, or TV. If you aren't familiar with fan fiction, think of it as what happens when fans take control of their favorite characters and stories. So a lot of people would define fan fiction differently. I'm sort of radical in my definition where I think uh, any work that takes an already existing character and transforms it is a piece of fan fiction, in my opinion. So some published works that I would consider fan fiction are like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I think that's a piece of published fan fiction that people sort of read and find official. Um, so fan fiction has been along, uh, around for a really long time. Um, it's sort of proliferated a lot these days because of the internet. And that way the stories can be more easily distribu- distributed. Amy says her talk will explore how established authors have attempted to censor fan fiction. So my talk is about censorship in particular, and it's a Banned Books Week special. We thought it'd be something interesting to talk about, kind of a way to look at how censorship is still happening. So fan fiction at its core is an inherently controversial sort of topic because a lot of the established authors look at fan fiction and they don't like it. They're very possessive. They say, these are my characters and my story and my copy 
copyright, so I don't want people using these characters. So you get authors like Anne Rice, for example. She's probably one of the ones who are most vocal against fan fiction. Uh, you get authors like Anne Rice who will pursue litigation against people writing fan fiction and will say, if you write fan fiction, I'm going to sue you. And that is a form of censorship because you see these authors saying, no, don't do this writing, don't take my characters, I don't want you sharing that. Um, and throughout the years, I think this censorship has taken a lot of different forms. And it becomes especially problematic when you have these fans using fan fiction as an identity exploration because it's this really pure method of them looking at their lives and reevaluating their identities. Uh, identifying with different characters, exploring different things. And so when someone says, no, you can't write this, I don't want to see this, don't publish it, it becomes difficult for these fans. And Amy says her talk should especially appeal to a younger audience because a lot of younger people are involved with creating and consuming fan fiction. This is a really interesting topic for younger generations. Younger generations tend to be really involved in fandoms, and that's because of the proliferation of social media websites. Think like Tumblr and Twitter and things like that. Um, and so I think this is a program that's going to be really relevant to the Monmouth College students here. Amy says that people are driven to write fan fiction for a number of reasons. So one reason a lot of people talk about and why they write fan fiction is because they want more of the story. They really, really enjoyed Star Trek, for example, so they want to see the characters in this particular situation. So because they can't see that in the canon, they'll just write it. There are other reasons people write fan fiction, though. Um, some people use it as an exploration of their identity. So fan fiction at its core is sort of a rejection of the canon. It's a reinterpretation of it. So some people might look at a piece of media, so returning to the Star Trek example, some people might look at that piece of media and be like, there's not a lot of representation in Star Trek, which is debatable. Star Trek is actually quite progressive. But they would look at Star Trek and say, okay, we want more representation. So let's make this character a different sexuality, for example. And then there are other reasons too. Someone might write fan fiction because English is their second language. So they use it as a way to practice their writing. Um, other people just enjoy it and just want to write and read it. Amy says she started to read fan fiction when she was about 10 years old. I don't quite recall exactly how I fell into it, but I started reading it when I was 10 and I started writing it when I was 12. So I would have to go back into my stories and look, but I've written something like 900,000 words of fan fiction. Um, I've been in and out of many different fandoms. And uh, I also read a truly shameful amount. Amy was hired to teach this year in the department in which she was a student less than a decade ago, which she says has felt a little different. It's a little surreal. It is very surreal. Uh, the department I work in, I had most of... I had most of my colleagues as professors at some points, so it's a bit of a shift to suddenly be on an equal level to them instead of having, instead of viewing them as my professors. So it's a little surreal, but it also feels a lot like coming home too. 
just because Monmouth is so familiar to me and I feel like Monmouth gave me so much that it's just a very welcome homecoming. That's Amy Miller. She's a Monmouth graduate who currently teaches communication studies courses at the college. As part of Band Books Week, she will give a talk on September 29 called Fanning the Flames, Censorship in Fan Fiction. You can read more about her talk in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. You can also find some information about her September 29 talk in the website's events calendar. You're listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. College Radio Day has been around for more than a decade. The day is a celebration of all things college radio, a quirky, eccentric, and fiercely independent corner of the radio that is often refreshingly different and unique. For more than 50 years, Mammoth has had some sort of campus radio. It started when students strung together a bunch of beer cans to create an antenna for a low-powered radio station. Today, the college has an FM station that's registered with the FCC. It checks in at 105.9 on the dial with the call letters WPFS, short for Proud Fighting Scots Radio. Chris Goble teaches communication studies at the college. He oversees WPFS, which you can also enjoy online at monmouthcollege.edu slash WPFS. Chris says that College Radio Day, which is October 1 this year, is a great celebration of a distinct kind of radio. He says that while student radio at Monmouth College has evolved over the last century, one thing that has remained constant at Monmouth is that the campus radio station is open to all students. WPFS is the uh Student radio station. Um, it's been through different iterations, but uh, Monmouth College has had student radio since the 1960s. Um, and it's really an opportunity for our students uh, to get some hands-on uh, experience in radio if they're interested in it. But just for all students, I mean, it's an opportunity to come in and share uh, some of uh, whether it's music or uh, topics they're interested in and talking about and share that with the community at large. Um, and it gives them, even if they're not going into radio, an opportunity opportunity to think about another audience and think about how to communicate ideas or uh, likes and dislikes and all those sorts of things with other people. Um, Any student from across campus can do a show no matter what their major is. And lots of times the students from different majors, you know, pick, uh, you know, the things they're interested in. I mean, we've had uh, students do a music student do a show a number of years ago that was just bagpipes. He was on the, he was a bagpiper and it was uh, contemporary bagpipe music from across the world we've had students do full shows in spanish um and uh so yeah for whatever major they can come in and either talk about you know their interest in that or um just whatever their major come in and uh share their interest in music and share what uh, uh they want to share with the you know community at large or and the students and everybody in town as well chris says that college radio day is a celebration of what he calls real radio uh, real radio, radio that's not uh, corporately controlled, uh, radio that uh, can be a place for uh, new and emerging artists who aren't signed to big deals, who don't get radio play. They get radio play on college radio stations. 
um, and college radio tends to have a diversity of voices um, and uh, it tends to be that last place where that happens because you know, uh, finances, economics of radio are so different. There's so little localism in radio that uh, college radio in lots of places is really the only station that has much local. We're lucky here in Monmouth to have still have a station that's very locally focused, but lots of markets, lots of places don't. And that college radio station is almost the only place that has hardly any local at all or any thought of different voices than, you know, those standard radio shows playing the top 10 hits over and over again. As Chris points out, college radio is one of the last bastions on the radio dial where you can discover new music and artists. That's how radio stations used to function. People would bring in new stuff. You would talk about it and you would discover. Now, if you don't have college radio, um, the discovery of that's harder. Um, if you don't have a connection and that's what you know, these different shows that students do can show people, hey, here's somebody you maybe never heard of before. Um, maybe you might like them or they will lead you to someone else that you might like. And you would have never heard of them before because you wouldn't have had any kind of social connection, social media connection with them um, or even with, you know, someone who knew them or, or cared about that music. But you heard it, then you can go find it. And I think that's where radio still has a place. Even when we look at corporate radio, it's music discovery. And the problem is that so much of corporate radio is the same music that everyone else is playing. College radio plays different stuff and it plays more independent artists. And that's where the discovery happens for people. They may consume most of their music in other ways, but radio is still where people tend to discover uh, new music or different music they haven't listened to before. This is the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. We're visiting with the folks at WPFS-FM. That's Monmouth's student-run radio station. They will be celebrating College Radio Day on October 1. That's a worldwide celebration of college radio. More than a dozen students are involved with WPFS this year. Four student executives help run the station, which is located on the top of Wallace Hall. And now let's meet this year's four student executives who keep WPFS on the air. I'm Rose Contreras. I'm a junior and I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and I am the station's music director. Um, I decided to work at the radio station because freshman year I ran my own show and I've always wanted to be in radio. I've always liked music and, you know, mom, it's a small town, so I really wanted to diverse it up with my music taste. Um, I'm Zach Kohlberg. I'm a senior communications major from Woodbury, Minnesota, and I am the uh, stations marketing manager. Uh, like Rosie, I did my own show my freshman year and I also did one sophomore year um, and I just kind of really enjoyed it and um, taking media classes with Goebel and stuff. This is kind of something that I'm thinking about potentially pursuing once I've graduated. So, I'm Troy Hippen. I am a senior communication studies major from Monmouth, Illinois, uh, and I am your station manager here at WPFS Proud Fighting Scotch Radio. Um, like pretty much everyone else, I had my own radio show uh, my freshman 
through kind of sophomore year. Uh, really enjoyed doing that. Um, got an executive position actually last year, but that was kind of ruined by COVID. Uh, so really, truthfully, didn't really do much in that position. So getting the bump up to station manager is going to be kind of a difficult one, but one that I'm prepared to do. Uh, but yeah, it was just something that was really fun. Uh, hi, my name is Jan Abel. I am a sophomore in an English and public relations double. Um, I am the social media media director here at WPFS, and I am really original, and I started out just as a freshman radio DJ like every single one of them. Uh, I started out, I did a show kind of like those two where it was just any genre and every genre, and then I realized how chaotic that was, and last semester I switched to just classic rock, so this year I will do any genre of rock through the ages. Oh, I liked interacting with people. My dad would start texting me during every show. And so he would text me every time, like long time, uh, what was it? Long time caller, first time listener, just every week. And so it just became a little tradition. Those are the four student executives who help run WPFS-FM, Mama's student-run radio station. You also heard from Chris Goebel of the Communication Studies Department. He does an outstanding job overseeing the college's student media. And don't forget, dial up WPFS on October 1 to celebrate College Radio Day Monmouth style. You can do that locally at 105.9 on your FM dial, and you can do it online by pointing your browser to monmouthcollege.edu WPFS. You can read more about College Radio Day and WPFS in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, and that URL is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. And that's going to be a 30 for this fifth edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2021-2022 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. Have a nice day and stay healthy. So long, everybody.